was standing on the side of the road, rain falling on his shoes. Heading out for the East Coast, Lord knows he paid some dues. Getting through, tangled up in blue. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by CricketShirts.com, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T, CricketShirts.com. More about them in a moment. But I am delighted to welcome Andrew Ferguson to his first ever Weekly Standard Podcast. I don't know if that's true. We've never been able to dragoon you in because of your agent and your parole <laughs> violations. And we're here to talk about Bob Dylan. So before we do anything And my else, laryngitis. I had laryngitis for years. The number one album that anyone who wants to understand Bob Dylan should start with is? Probably, I'd say, Highway 61 Revisited. That's not his greatest album, but it's sort of the... It came out at the point in his career where he took a turn from uh, folky to mega rock star. And that's sort of where he's been ever since. And we're going to find out uh, where he's been and how he ended up as a Nobel laureate in just a moment. But first, about our sponsor, Cricket Shirts. Cricket makes comfortable, sharp-looking polo shirts that perfectly mix old-school style and modern design. But that's not why I want to talk about CricketShirts.com. I want to thank them for finally ending the battle of the shirts at my house. See, I always wear polo shirts when I'm not at work. Summertime, it's polos and cargo shorts. Winter, it's polo and jeans. And I find polo shirts that I like because they have the right feel, you know, the material, or they're not too skinny, or they're not too boxy. And then my wife wants to throw them away after a few washes because she says that they look bad, the collars get all crunchy in that bacon collar thing, or they kind of look faded. And I, But baby, I like that shirt. And so we've been fighting because I tell her, you get rid of that shirt, it may take me months to find another one that I like as much. Until I found CricketShirts.com. Cricket shirts are made with super soft, 100% certified organic cotton, making their shirts as comfortable on the 19th hole as they are at the 18th. The shirts are not too baggy, not too skinny, and Cricket shirts come with removable collar stays to keep the collars looking crisp and new. No more bacon collar. Now, I know a lot of guys are like me, buying clothes with the internet, uh, but listen, Cricket Shirts offers free, no-hassle returns and exchanges. Plus, because you listen to the Weekly Standard Podcast, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Just go to CricketShirts.com. That's C-R-I-Q-U-E-T. CricketShirts.com slash Weekly Standard. Use the promo code Weekly Standard. It'll be 20% off your first purchase, and I promise you, it won't be your last purchase. You are going to love CricketShirts.com, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T. CricketShirts.com slash Weekly Standard. Use the promo code Weekly Standard. And thanks again to Cricket Shirts for supporting this podcast. So I got to say, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, Andrew. I, I, from my, can I speak from my heart? Go ahead. Can I? I want to hear it. I was expecting some sort of kind of non-traditional answer about the Dylan album. You know, everyone says Highway 61 revisited. It's so much so that someone like me who knows nothing about Bob Dylan has You're accusing of me of trafficking in cliches? Exactly. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> so but so why, why is that always Well, as I say, it's a it's couple, of, couple of reasons. One is it really is kind of as I say, marks the turning point in his career and uh, set him off on the journey that he's been on. I hate that word, journey. I apologize <laughs> for using it. How do you the feel about the band? Is, the other thing, Don't stop uh, believing. Um, the other thing about that is 
that among the most articulate Dylan worshipers, like, you know, he has this huge army of scholars and mm -hmm. historians and literary critics and stuff who, who just worship him. And uh, most of them are of an age where Highway 61 came out and really polaxed him. It really got him right between the eyes, and they've never quite recovered from that. So um, it's not just that, that that album set him on a different course. It's, it's also that that's the one that a lot of these guys really, right. really like because it's their first. When you heard that uh, Bob Dylan was going to become a Nobel laureate, what was your first reaction? Was it? About damn time, or was it? Wow, <laughs> huh? was it really? Huh? Well, I I, rem I remember my for when I uh, heard NPR announced to me as a devoted uh, NPR listener uh, that no the Nobel Peace Prize had been given to Barack Obama. I just totally involuntarily just burst out laughing because <laughs> it seemed it seemed like almost like a, a caricature or a parody of right. the left's love of this mm -hmm. guy, you know, and their, their grandiose vision of him. Uh, and I did the same thing when I said, um, you know, that, that they were giving the prize for literature to this um, pop star. I mean, he's a very good pop star. He's a wonderful pop star. And, and, um, and American culture is richer because of him. But he ain't a literary figure. I'm sorry. See, uh, having confessed that I know nothing about Bob Dylan, I you know know the hits a little bit, whatever. Uh, the guy Since that, when has that stopped you? From the guy, <laughs> that is true. When has it stopped you from pontificating? And let me tell you why his best song. Um, the guy who poleaxed me in the album poleaxed me was uh, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I didn't get to it until later. It was in the '80s before I heard it, but oh, I was yeah. like, wow. And then I started. I became a Bruce Springsteen guy, and I, I was an English literature student at Oral Roberts University, insisting that you read his lyrics as literature. And I got that same answer. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's better. You know, it's better than Def Leppard, you know. <laughs> but are you really put it up against you know uh, Byron or Yeats? Yeah, and yeah. I did have to kind of climb down. Well, I, I, I again back to these sort of Dylan worshiper is a guy who wrote really an over the top. Uh, book is one of the country's, not it's a real crowded, not that it's a real crowded field, but he's <laughs> one of the country's biggest Milton scholars and wow. uh, very accomplished. And he just wrote this over-the-top book about uh, Dylan and Dylan's poetry and and all that sort of stuff and his music. And, and I'm thinking, man, you read Milton for a living. And, a and you're, and you're going to tell me that... Uh, you know, just like Tom Thumb's blues is is like Paradise Lost or even Paradise Regained. You know, it's it's, but um, abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, the seventh ring of hell is saved for the strummers and folk performers. Yes, yeah, well, it should have been. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awfully mean spirited. So, when, in your opinion, does Dylan most closely approach literature? Well, it, it, there, there's not a period in his uh, career where is there I'd a say, song? Is there a no? You know, generally speaking, um, the, the Nobel Committee went out of its way to say you have to read Dylan on the page, and when you read mm -hmm. Dylan on the page, he leaps out at you as a as a poet, and I think that's exactly not true. Mm -hmm. Reading him on the page is exactly where you see how thin his kind of achievement is. Yep. I mean, it, it's. 
his best songs, usually the lyrics aren't good enough to stand as poetry. The tunes aren't good enough to right. really be very interesting. But one bolsters the other, and he be, he's able to create something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And so you have some really marvelous records that can be very affecting and hilarious. He's, a, he's, he's never given enough credit for his sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But anyway, these are, these are wonderful achievements in their own right. And I don't understand why baby boomers always need to gild the lily and, you know, take this really really wonderful, accomplished man and say he's a genius. Because that's what baby boomers do. Exactly. They exactly. spent this entire their entire generation, everything they did, they did for the first it was, time. It was no the best. And it was, it. it was the mostest and the no biggest. No one had the... sex until the 60s. Yeah. No one had drugs well, until the 70s. Well, that was true 70s. in my case, actually. No one had kids until the 80s. You know, it's all this you know, amazing uh, stuff. And I was watching the uh, Netflix series uh, Stranger Things, which was fine, but the blow-up of oh my gosh you know because it's you know it reflects back on the the baby boomers and when they were raising their kids and they bought their kids I remember when my little Joey had the computer <laughs> with the green screen oh really yeah. really and you know who's going to be just as bad the, the millennials, millennials. I, I, I'm just I'm, yeah as but there but there there is one nice thing about that when the millennials take over all the baby boomers will be dead <laughs> so it, it could be a new dawn for America one last question for you. The, oh, actually, it's a two-parter. When you heard that Bob Dylan won the Nobel Prize, your answer to the question, oh, boy, this means that blank might win a Nobel Prize. Yeah, good. <laughs> and, oh, no, this might mean that blank could win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> oh, my God, I'll, I'll I don't answer, know. I'll answer for mine. Okay. Uh, oh, boy, this means that Elvis Costello – 